Hey, welcome to Hope Anchors, everybody. I'm Johnny. And I'm Sean. And together we want to share the hope that anchors the very core of who we are to all that Jesus is. Hebrews 6.19 reads, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Well, we are almost done with this series. I, we're, we're like almost halfway. <laughs> it's a mini-series, no matter when you listen to it during the year. But uh, this is our uh, Advent series, and, and it's called, oh, this is big. This is big. I say halfway because halfway through this recording is when we'll be That's actually halfway. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So um, for those of you who don't know, maybe maybe you do celebrate Advent, but Advent simply means coming. It's the uh, It comes from a Latin word, and it's a really a, a time where we celebrate the first coming of Jesus, but also we uh, we think ahead. We we prepare for the second coming of Jesus. And there is also this really awesome third coming of Jesus. And that's the, you know, when does he when does he come into your life? And maybe there is a time where you knew that Jesus came into your life when you gave your heart to him, but or maybe there was a progression of time. Or maybe you've been kind of checking things out and that coming hasn't happened yet. But for those who have had that that coming to Christ moment, uh, he can still come. Mm-hmm. He can still appear. He can still show up. But what we were doing with this series, oh, this is big, is the whole idea, at least with this one, that you know, we, there is this appearing. This is there is this period of time, some two thousand years ago, that we we celebrate the the advent, the appearing of Jesus. But that even that appearing wasn't the first time, no, because we have in a sense, these appearances of Jesus all throughout scripture, all throughout the prophecies, and they come hundreds and, and even thousands of years before Jesus arrives on the scene in the flesh. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, if you read where an angel speaks, it's actually Jesus speaking mm-hmm. because angels weren't allowed to speak unless God gave them the authority but when it doesn't say anything about God gave them the authority, that was actually Jesus speaking. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, it just doesn't call him Jesus. And I thought that was kind of, it's always kind of interesting when you think about in the Old Testament, how many times um, this figure is talked about, how many times the prophets talk about the coming Messiah. And um, I, I, I just kind of wondered, I go, well, how many times was it? And you can read anywhere from 300 to 600 times in the Old Testament where they talked about Jesus, mm-hmm. about his coming. And, uh, and and I pulled up this one article that talked about how many prophecies did Jesus fulfill even as he was here. And uh, they, they this one article says the Bible is full of Masonic or messianic prophecies. A mathematician, Peter Stoner, counted the probability of one person fulfilling even a small number of them. And he counted, and the chance of a single man fulfilling just 48 of the prophecies found in the Old Testament would be 1 in 10 followed by 157 zeros. (laughs) All right? It's just unimaginable to think about how Jesus, how one person could fulfill. That was just a small amount of them. And you can go through a whole bunch of listings in the Old Testament and see how Jesus fulfilled so many of them. And 
Last week we were talking about this, uh, you know, in Isaiah where he prophesied how this great light was going to be a part of the northern part of where the where they were, and that's exactly where Jesus did his ministry. He was that light in the during the dark times of that time. And it's Isaiah's prophecy that'll bring up this figure of the uh, the suffering servant who would come and rescue the world because he would sacrifice himself just very detailed in terms of his prophecy foreseeing what Jesus would do on the cross. But uh, we have prophecies like, uh, you know, some 12 to 1300 years before Jesus appearing out of Deuteronomy 18, where Moses speaks of a prophet who would be raised up from among the Jewish nation and that they, you know, they were to listen to him, that God was going to put his words in his mouth and that, um, they were to listen to everything that he had to say. And, and from that time on, people would not just look for prophets. They were, they had this sense that there was going to be the prophet that was going to show up to a point where, uh, the, even the people of Jesus day as, as John the Baptist was going about preaching, they were actually asking him, are you the prophet? And John was like, no, I'm not, I'm not he. Jesus would, confess that he is the prophet that they were to be expecting. Uh, some 700 years before Jesus appears in, in Hosea 11, um, it says that when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son, which really speaks of the fulfillment of Joseph and Mary running away into Egypt in order to rescue Jesus from King Herod. Uh, but then at one point that he would be brought back from Egypt and back to his own home country. And then we have another passage out of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14. This is, uh, you know, as we said, you know, some seven, 800 years prior to it, but therefore the Lord himself will, will give you a sign. Behold, um, a virgin will conceive and bear a son will call his name Emmanuel. And Matthew would then talk about the fact that this is a fulfillment, uh, in Jesus and that, you know, he gives us a translation that God would be with us in Jesus. So, you know, he he appears all throughout Scripture leading up to the time of this first appearance, this first advent. And he appeared for some 33 years to show us who God was in the flesh. And, and you know, we're going to be in Malachi today, um, beginning with the uh, chapter 3 in the first verse, where Malachi just simply calls it out and says that... Um, that the Messiah is to proceed as a messenger, and that's exactly who he is. But he talks about, I, I love the, how how even 500, and Malachi was written 500 years before, and Malachi talks about somebody that's going to come before Jesus mm-hmm. and pave the way for this man. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly who John the Baptist was. He was the man that was coming before. And that's why he says, are you the man? No, I'm not the guy. He's, yeah. I, I'm not even worthy of tying his shoes, mm-hmm. you know, and the one preparing his way. So we get makes great paths for the Lord, you know? So as we get into these stories and we listen to these prophets talking about who this person is and how Jesus is going to impact the world and why is he going to impact the world? And, and what is it that this child is to bring to this world is why I, I, why I love the name of this series called, Oh, This is Big, because it's so much bigger than just a child being born. Who is this child? And why is it? I mean, 
the way that my Bible lays this out, Malachi is a very interesting short book to read. But uh, this chapter is the coming of judge, the coming day of judgment, is what chapter three is labeled as. But it's so interesting how we talk about the Prince of Peace is who we just learned who this name was, uh, who Jesus was in Isaiah, because Isaiah called him the Prince of Peace, and this is justice. And here Malachi is going to talk about this this child, this person is one to, to bring justice, one to. Bring that, as you love to say, and I love that feeling of calmness to everybody, because it's a world of chaos. When's this child coming? Mm -hmm. When is it? I mean, how much patience do I have to have for this to actually come? And it's it's so funny that when it finally arrives, how people missed it. They studied these words, they studied the prophets, and they studied all of this to prepare. And when it finally comes... And as he keeps fulfilling them, all these prophecies, they miss it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know I refer to Paul quite a bit, and Paul missed it as Saul. Mm-hmm. He missed it. And it took something great to happen to him. Yeah. Well, it, you know, the, the whole point of God using these messengers, these prophets, was to give them, give the nation, give people, and not just their nation. I mean, uh, you know, the prophecy that we talked about last week talked about Galilee of the nations of the Gentiles, that this was meant to be something not just for one nation and, and one people group, one nationality, but it was to be for all nations. But um, uh, one of the things that I've been thinking about this past week even is just how uh, they were exiled into the, uh, you know, the nation of Babylon took them over and Daniel, because of his impact on Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar makes him the the head of all the magis. Mm-hmm. Well, I know for a fact it just you know it seems like there's this amazing tie into the the magi that show up um, to to give these gifts you know to to Jesus and to to bow before him because they've been seeing these signs in the in the stars that a new king has been born. Here they get it. Here yeah. they here they see it and they and they they uh, actually make the journey to go. Um, witness, you know, what has happened. And yet the people that had the scriptures just completely missed it. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the important thing is we want to make Advent season as we want to make this Christmas season, a, uh, a short three week season, a three series, uh, uh, three episodes of, of hope anchors. The Magi took two years mm-hmm. to get to this child. They went on a great journey to find this child. You know, once again, now we've just went from 700 years to 500 years. And now these guys are on a two year journey Mm -hmm. to find this child. Um, How long are you willing to travel? Hmm. How long are you willing to stay true to God, be obedient to God without ever seeing the results? I think. We were we want results so quickly. I mean, yes. we talked about this this past week, but you know, it's just really hard to fathom that you know you that you have these prophecies twelve hundred years before, seven hundred years before, five hundred years before. We just can't fathom um, <laughs> how God operates sometimes, right? Uh, that uh, that He would give these details in these prophecies about what was to come, and that you know there would be generations that would have to be faithful before they would 
you know, they would even see the fulfillment of these prophecies. But then you have these people that are willing to take that kind of a journey in order to see Jesus for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we willing to do? You know, it seems like we're, you know, we'll, we'll get into the word for five minutes. Ah, didn't get anything from that. <laughs> 10 minutes. Didn't get anything from that. You know, stick with it over time. And even when you get to it in a day, stick with it for longer than five minutes so yeah. that you can have those times with him where you can grow closer to him and he can appear to you and he comes to you. And that's the thing. I mean, his appearance to us today, the way that God appears to us is through his word. It's through this podcast. It's And when I say through this podcast, it's not because of the words that you and I are speaking, Johnny. It's because you're right here in front of me. That is God appearing to me. Mm. It's, you know, but we have to be willing to accept the fact that the day that we actually will be in God's presence is coming. Mm-hmm. It is coming. It may not be right now, but God is all around us. God is appearing to us through other people. Jesus that dwells in us is God in the flesh. Mm. And we need to take that time to realize that. So how we treat other people and how we act and interact with people, understand that you're really interacting with God as we go through our daily mess. And we need to, I think we would have that calmness, that peace and understanding if we were more into his word, we develop our relationship with him because then the mysteries are being more revealed to us. And this birth of this child becomes more than the Christmas season. That's why this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. This is big because it's more than just the holiday season. It's more than that. And so, you know, we, we're celebrating in this season the the first appearance of Jesus. But as we're celebrating what happened some 2000 years ago, we need to recognize that, you know, scriptures talk about him appearing again, that we will see mm-hmm. him again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it could be that, you know, the Lord calls us home, you know, in the next five minutes or five years or 50 years, yep. whatever it might be. But, but the fact is, is that there will come a time where the entire creation will see his return. That is what is pro- was prophesied through, you know, Jesus disciples. In fact, it was even prophesied in the prophets themselves. But the the fact is, is that he did appear 2000 years ago, he will appear again. And it was, and it's just amazing that when you read the writings of the New Testament writers, how they lived with that anticipation, that excitement and expectation of the return of Jesus, so that, you know, the way that they lived and how they taught and the passion uh, that they lived with, had that in mind that he was coming back. And I think sometimes we, you know, we minimize the season and all we do is we think about the season as just being a couple, you know, four weeks leading up to Christmas yep. when in fact, you know, this isn't just about celebrating his first appearance, but also looking ahead to his second one. Yeah. And you know, when uh, Isaiah prophesied about it was 700 years, well, you know what, and we're just, we're 2000 years into it. Mm-hmm. And yes, you know what? When is this going to happen? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. But I can say that for myself, it doesn't feel like 2,000 years. For me, on my, for myself, this journey, 
I'm just looking forward to that day to the point where it's like, you know what? I, I, I almost get it to why generation after generation was patient and just willing to teach those that were, that, that were coming up next about this coming Messiah. And I think sometimes, Johnny, we don't do a good enough job teaching about the second coming. Mm. We are so wrapped up in his first coming and what has already happened, we don't really talk too much about the next one. I was seriously considering uh, doing a series in Revelation next year, but we've got so much going on in the First Testament, the Old Testament, mm-hmm. the series that we're going to be doing coming up where we'll be in the minor prophets. We're going to be in the Psalms. And so just a variety of places where we'll be, you know, for the most, most part for most of the year in the old Testament, but I really wanted to get into the revelation. So maybe that's for 2024. Yeah. I'm kind of (laughs) curious. I've heard, I've, I've been asked multiple times, Hey, are we, would we ever consider do a revelation? It's like, Oh man, as a Bible study, it's like, well, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) it's because it's one of those, but what's interesting about the book of revelations is that I think more people are more fearful of it because it's about that next coming. Mm -hmm. And we're more comfortable talking about what's already happened then what's about to happen. And then what's about to happen. And here our prophets are talking about things that are going to happen. So you have to put your mindset into who these minor prophets, major prophets, who they're all talking about that's coming before them and how people would react to. Ah, but, you know, let's really let's go back and talk about our glory days with Moses. Let's talk about all that stuff. And let's talk about the New Testament, uh, you know, because. Oh, these are all great stories because they have they have a happy ending because, you know, yes, Jesus was crucified, but he rose again. So that's a happy ending. We're not too sure about what's going to happen in Revelation. But the, the comforting thing about all of that is we do know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We do know who has the victory. We do know who wins this whole thing. And that's what I'm really excited uh, to get into this because I'd love to get into Revelation more because it's... It is about the future, and these are the things that we really need to be teaching and talking about, uh, delivering the message on the future of his second coming, the reappearing of him, because it is coming again, and that is truth. Yeah, it's, I was thinking about one of the ways that Paul was telling someone he was discipling, Titus. He says in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, he talked about how God's grace appeared, um, that there is salvation, that God has rescued all of us by what Jesus did, but that God's grace, you know, this free gift of his salvation, it actually teaches us to say no to some things, to say no to ungodly worldly passions, and then to say yes to other things, to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age, in the present. But while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, So it's living in this present moment in such a way that we keep our eyes on what's to come in our future Hmm. and that Jesus is going to appear. So it's like, you know, I I know as as a boss, I I do find that there sometimes that those who work under me will do things different when I'm with them than when they are when, (laughs) when I'm not around. 
And so there's, there's too much, you know, uh, going and doing their own thing and not staying on task. But if I'm there, it's like, oh, okay, they're going to be busy on this, you know, in what they need to do on their tasks. And I think sometimes that's the way that we live for God. Sure. Um, that we, we don't think about the impact of our lives in the here and now while we keep our eyes on his appearing, his second coming. And so this is exactly what Paul is telling Titus that, you know, we, we live in this, this present moment with an eye for what is coming next. So when we talk about what's coming next, I think of what, well, you say this a lot that the most quoted verse quoted statement in the Bible is fear not. And I think that's what we're afraid of is what's coming next. Cause we don't know. And it stops a lot of people in their journey. It stops a lot of people um, wanting to know more about God because, you know, there's a lot of fear of, you know, if if God tells me to go do something, what if I don't want to go do it? Mm -hmm. We have more fear of what we don't know instead of just putting our trust in God. And if we go through all of this, Jesus tells us that he's, if you believe that he has fulfilled these things and who Jesus truly is, then you should want to know more. You should be very excited about his second coming, and you should want to really pass that information on. I think too many times, and I'm one of them, that are a fear, that are afraid of what Revelation is really going to show me and point out more things to me than I'm really ready for. But once again, Jesus is only going to reveal to us. God is only going to reveal to us in his word what we are ready for. So we may have more mysteries and more questions because we're not ready for them yet. But I think as we develop our relationship, we listen to that uh, that internal uh, spirit that Jesus has put into us that gives us that right advice. I think we'd be able to handle this a little bit better. And I think our world and our country that we live in would be in a better place because we're not looking behind us. We're going to look forward. How many times in scriptures do we see about quit looking back? You can't plow a straight line if you're looking back. Mm-hmm. How can we Look forward to his second coming if we're not looking for that second coming. I love the words that are in Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. And I'm just going to use this as kind of a final challenge to you, our listener, that uh, in this passage, the disciples had been with Jesus and he was taken up before them. And, And I love this. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. And then that's where... Two men dressed in white, these are angels who asked them, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So I love what someone wrote about the three meanings of Advent. We are celebrating his first coming while we anticipate his second coming. But then there's that third coming. Is Jesus appearing to you right now? Yes. Look intently. I get that they were looking intently up into the sky when they should have gone, oh, that's awesome. Let's Okay, let's go spread the news about him. But are you looking intently? Are you, are you looking with some purpose to find Jesus? Because if you do, you will tend to find what you're looking for. You will. You will find him in more places than you'd ever imagined. 
So, hey folks, hey, thanks for listening to Hope Anchors. Paul wrote in Romans 15.4, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. That's really what Sean and I have wanted to do from the very start, to give you something to anchor your hope to. So don't give up, keep looking up, and keep hope alive.